0: Good to see you this morning. I'm a little sleep deprived, okay? So, you know, hopefully you can forgive me for forgetting to uh, pick up or to pick up my mic. You see, I'm telling you to turn on my mic. Um, It has been a very long week uh, for at least me in this case. And uh, first of all, let me just say thank you for all your prayers. Um, It it, it has been, as I said, a long week, but uh, a week full of blessings. And last, on Friday, the 5th of November, Uh, God gave us our third child, uh, a little girl, Giovanna Alejandra Mendoza is her name, and uh, she has been a handful. Um, I I forgot, uh, there's a gap of five years between Giovanna and uh, Jordan, and I totally forgot how much work babies are. (laughs) They are a ton, a ton of work. And, uh, but yet it's just a blessing to, um, to have her healthy, to have her now with us uh, in, I don't know what you would call them. She's been in the world for over nine months, but uh, you know, physically now in this side of the womb, right? And uh, so be praying for Rochelle Uh, at the end. uh, She had to have a C-section. So we had been praying that uh, we'd have a a natural birth or she was, and, um, and so uh, we 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 she got all the way up to six centimeters, all right, on on Friday, and thought that we were going to be uh, be able to to have her natural. And um, uh, when she started uh, dilating a little bit more than that, and the baby began to come down, her heartbeat dropped. Uh, her heartbeat was at one thirty, and it dropped to around sixty or fifty beats. Uh, and so the doctors, of course, rushed in uh, and and told us there was something wrong, and uh, that totally uh, freaked us out, uh, but when Rochelle would kind of change positions and the heartbeat would come back up, and so, um, you know, we, we told them, well, let's wait on that cesarean. Just wait, please. Give us another chance, and after about uh, two to three times of that happening, uh, the doctor came in. She said, listen, just it's not going to happen. We, we need to go in uh, for the cesarean just for the baby's safety. Uh, we went into the OR, and after the cesarean uh, they took out Giovanna and her umbilical cord was like around her body, around her neck, and she wasn't coming out naturally. That's just the bottom line. And uh, and so uh, Rochelle did have a C-section. And so be praying for her, for those moms that have had one. You know the recovery is not the most fun uh, thing to have and to do and to go through. But uh, but praise the Lord, of the three C-sections that she's had, this one has been the easiest as, as far as pain-wise, okay? So uh, that is at least an answer to prayer, and uh, so just be praying for her as she's recovering from that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Genesis chapter number two, and we're going to be starting a new series today uh, on community, and uh, the slide has we is greater than me. Uh, we's greater than me, but really I want to focus on this thing of community. Now, the verse that we're going to be looking at is a verse that's normally used for marriage. Genesis chapter number two, it's at the very beginning, but we're not going to really focus on the idea of marriage, but really the idea of community this morning, all right? So Genesis chapter number two, and uh, we're going to start in verse number seven, all right? Genesis chapter two, verse number seven. And uh, I just want you to notice that it says this, it says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So in Genesis chapter 2, it's going a little bit more into detail as God created mankind exactly what he did, taking the dust from this earth, forming man, and then breathing into his nostrils the breath of life and giving him and really giving us, at the same time, a soul, a never-dying, everlasting soul, all right? Then you jump down to verse number 18, and look at verse number 18. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Now, as I said, normally we use this verse. You've probably heard it at weddings, because usually that's what it's focusing on, the idea of marriage, the first home that's being created as as God is going to perform the first wedding, and and it does have that for sure. That is the, the main focus of this verse, but this morning, I really want to look at it in a different light. I want you to look at this verse with the idea of community. Now, when you look at a marriage, it is a community because marriage is made up of more than one person. So the question is, what is community this morning? What is community? If you go to Google, like some of you might do right now as you get on your phone and go to Google and put in definition of community, what you'll find is that the first definition that comes up on Google is a group of people living in the same place or having a particularly a characteristic that is common to both. So because of that definition, because it's a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common, we would say this. We would say our workplace is a community because you've got a group of people right, that have something in common, which is a work that you're doing. You're working for the same company. And, and so you would say your workplace is a community. We, we might say uh, that your school is a community. You have a group of people are in one place, and they have something in common, something that they're learning. So school would be a community. You can look at church and say, church is a community. It's a group of people that are coming together. We have one thing in common. We want to worship and know God. We want to connect with others. We want to serve uh, the kingdom, and that's what's bringing us together, community. But do you really need to be part of a community? I mean, is that really necessary in your life? I think we'd be amazed how important community is. Um, it's, it, there's a story that uh, Pastor Chuck Swindoll or Charles Swindoll uh, used to share, and um, and it just kind of highlights this idea of community and how important community is. He said that there was uh, this this uh, as he was reading through the newspaper on the and the uh, ads there that there was one ad that he read that it said this. It said. I will listen to you talk for thirty minutes without comment for five dollars. five dollars for thirty minutes. I'm just gonna listen. I won't give any comments now. He said when he first heard that, he thought it was a hoax. He thought this is some kind of joke. Somebody's just trying to pull something over people. But when he found out and did a little bit more research he he got in contact with this person. And he asked them, have people been calling? I thought this was a joke. I thought it was a hoax. Have people been calling? The person said, I get between 10 to 20 calls a day. People paying me $5 just to listen to them. Now, Pastor Swindoll said, now, if that doesn't highlight how big and how important community is, I don't know what will. I mean, people are literally paying money just to have someone to listen, someone to talk to someone that they feel is there in their life community. It's so important that the Bible has a lot to say about community. And so when we ask ourselves, do we really need to be part of a community? I mean really, what does the Bible say? Well, that's what we're going to learn about this morning. What does the Bible say About community. And look at from the very beginning, from the very first book of the Bible, from the second chapter, from the 18th verse, we are going to find that community is something that God has intended from the very beginning for every person. But before we jump into that, let's go and pause here and pray and ask God to give us uh, His Spirit and His enlightenment as we study His Word together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be in your house here. Thank you, Father, for your Word and for the fact that through your word, we we can have the truth and we can know the truth. I pray that this morning as as we learn what your word has to say, I pray that we would have an open mind, but more importantly, an open heart. Help us to guard our hearts, to be honest with ourselves this morning. I pray that your spirit would speak to us in a way that only you can do. I ask that you would use me this morning as your mouthpiece, that I would say only those things that you would have me to say. If there's anything in this message, in my notes, that you would have me not share, then I pray that I would not share those things. But, Father, I, I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit to communicate this message. I ask that we would not just be hearers of your word this morning, but that we'd be doers of your word, and that we'd learn the importance of what it is to have community in our life. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I want to share with you why community is so important in your life, why you don't need to be alone. That's why I titled the message, Not Alone, Uh, because community is all about not being alone. I want you to notice, first of all, in your notes that God did not make us or create us to be alone. Verse number 18 says, There's this phrase here that God says. He says, it is not good that man should be alone. When we go all the way back to the very beginning, from the the very first time that God was forming man out of the dust of the earth, from that very time that he breathed life, new life into our form and gave us a living, eternal, everlasting soul, from that moment, God already knew We needed community. He already knew we cannot be alone. Now, though this passage has to do, of course, like I said, with marriage, the greater picture is this idea of community. You see, we all have need for others in our life. Every one of us. God made us that way. When he formed the first human being, he said it's not good for them to be alone. Community was so important even before sin entered into the world, before everything uh, was, was, was you know, uh, wrecked, if you will. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. We have need for community. Now, there's something very interesting in the verses that precede verse number 18. And that is the fact that God had the whole animal kingdom created. I want you to notice there uh, in, in verse number um, uh, verse number 8, I believe. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, verse 19. The, the, the verse is after. It says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help meat for him. So, God brings the whole animal kingdom before Adam. And he says, I want you to name all the animals, I want you to spend time with them, and he does. And at the end of doing all of that, he says, there's not a help for me. So before that, God says it's not good for man to be alone because God did not create us to be alone. But to prove just how much that is, he has the whole animal kingdom come before Adam and Adam names them all and I would have to imagine that he's petting them when he's talking to them. I know it's not in the Bible exactly here, but you got to imagine that that's probably what's going on he's He's probably you know um you know I don't know if he was playing fetch with any of the animals there if he's petting the lion and the tigers i I have no idea he he's sitting there though with the whole animal kingdom, and at the end of naming all of them and spending some time with all of them, he realizes I have no community. there's no one there that's for me now even though i love animals how many of you have dogs this is all right great i'm not the only one how many have cats oh man i'll pray for you guys all right so now i'm just i love cats all right I'm, i'm actually more of a cat person but my wife is not so we have dogs so as great as dogs are as great as cats are as great as any pet that you might have is they're still not your community they're not someone that you can really make life together with. They're not someone that God has meant for you to walk with and be with. Right? God said, "It's not good for man to be alone." God said, "The animal kingdoms before you, but they're not the ones that are going to be your community and your helpmate." So, what did God do? God made a way to fill that need. God said, "Okay." You can't be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. Animal kingdom can't do it. So now I got to do something to fill that need. There needs to be someone that Adam can talk to, someone that Adam can relate with, someone that can there be with Adam. And so God makes Adam to go to sleep, a deep sleep, and out of one of Adam's ribs, he creates Eve. And from that, he tells them, now as a couple, produce more of those human beings that you are be fruitful and multiply you see from the very beginning god had community in mind god had this idea of it's not just going to be you and you alone but it's going to be a community with you and there's going to be others that you're going to need in your life now in in the new testament we also see this. We see how, uh, how Paul uses the relationship. In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, the, the relationship between Christ and the church is this idea of community. The purpose for the church is have community. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, notice what Paul says. He says that there should be no schism in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Whether it is in marriage, friendship, or fellowship, community is God's idea. All right? So in the New Testament, we find that church was meant for community. The Old Testament, as he's creating man, he's saying it's not going to be alone. You need to be fruitful and multiply. I prayed Eve to be a helpmeet for you. We're creating a community. Start being fruitful and multiply. We, we ought to grow in our numbers of population because you need community. That's how God created us. Now, I know there's a lot of people who like, ah, just leave me alone. I don't need anybody in my life. I don't want anyone to be around in my life. And can I say, that's not normal. That's not good. Okay, God created you and me to need community, to have community, okay? Now, he's given us the church to form our community, okay? Uh, There's other people on this planet for a reason, not to be your slave and servants, okay? Not to honor and serve you with their life. No, that's not why there's more humans on this planet, but for community. So that being said, first of all, God created us, with a need to not be alone. But let me just say this also in your notes. Being alone is a choice. (laughs) See, the second truth you got to realize this morning is if you're alone, it's the choice that you're making. God does not want you or did not create you to be alone. It's by choice if you're alone. And let me just say this about that choice. Number one, it's an unhealthy choice. Uh, people that choose to be alone and not have any kind of community in their life, it's unhealthy. It makes you and I weaker when we're alone. Loneliness does not bring courage or bravery into the life of a person. In fact, the very opposite, it brings a lot of fear. Uh, when you're alone, there, there there's actually, you're a lot more vulnerable than when you're with people. Uh, it, it's amazing, I I found this article online about uh. It was uh, ten, ten, um, 10 facts about social psychology, and I'll just read you a few of them. It says, The presence of other people can have a powerful impact on our behavior. Um, the, the people, will, number two, great, uh, will uh, go to great lengths to obey an authority figure. Uh, people need to conform. Um, uh, the need to conform leads people to go along with the group. Uh, the situation can have a major influence on social behavior. People tend to look for things that conform, Uh, confirm the things they already believe, and so on and so forth. There's these different facts that come about uh, when it comes to community. Uh, It it, it affects all of us, and when we don't have that, it hurts us. It makes us vulnerable. I was watching, uh, and I don't mean to say that we're animals when I give this illustration, but... I was watching uh, Planet Earth. How many of y'all have seen that documentary, Planet Earth? Okay. If you remember near the beginning, they're talking about, I think, the North American wolf, something like that. And they're showing how the caribou are making their great migration up in the northern uh, area of Canada. And that wolf, you remember when he goes hunting for the caribou? And even though the caribou is faster than the wolf, the wolf, what he tries to do is divide one of them from the herd. And once he divides one caribou from there, they're running for their lives in a circle. They're just trying to run away, run away. And if you have watched the documentary, you know that the wolf gets it at the end and kills it. And the secret isn't the wolf becoming faster than the caribou because that will never happen. The secret to catching that caribou for the wolf is making sure that he's isolated. Do you know the Bible compares the devil to a wolf in sheep's clothing? Uh, the, the the devil is one that wants to get us isolated away from community. Why? Because it makes us weaker. And, you know, it reminds me of a of a story I heard about the Lone Ranger. Uh, he's he's there and and he's riding along with with Tonto. Uh, Tonto was his Indian pal, right? That that he that he goes on his adventures with. And uh, and one time they're they're walking through a, a valley and and uh, suddenly as they're heading south they see these indians coming towards them and of course they they get scared and, and the lone ranger goes to Tonto he says um well or or Tonto i should i should say looks at the lone ranger and he says hey uh what are we going to do Kimbosabi?'" and uh the lone ranger said well let's just let's start riding north so they turn around and start riding north and as they're riding north they see another band of indians coming towards them and Tonto says uh, what are we going to do now, Kimosabi? And he said, Well, let's just turn to the west. So they turn their horses to the west and they start riding, and suddenly they see a band of Indians coming that way. They said, Oh no. And Tonto says, Now what are we going to do, Kimosabi? And he said, Well, let's just go east because every other way is blocked. So they turn around, they start riding east, and sure enough, there's another pack of Indians coming right at them. The Lone Ranger looks at Tonto and he says, Tonto, What are we going to do? I mean, these are your people. And uh, Tonto looks at the Lone Ranger and goes, What do you mean, we? (laughs) Suddenly, the Lone Ranger was truly alone by himself. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer your sidekick at that point. And you know, so many times, that's what happens. When you don't have community in your life, you become weak and vulnerable. And that's what the devil tries to get you to do. That's why the devil tries to cause division in churches. Why? Because he wants to isolate people. He knows if he can get you discouraged from coming to church or from reading your Bible, it just makes you weaker. It just makes sure that uh, he'll have more victory in your life and get you to do things that you probably wouldn't do if you were part of a community. You see, being alone is really, it's an unhealthy choice makes me think about peter if you if you know a little bit about the story of Peter, the night that Jesus was betrayed, do you remember what happened that night if you if you need just a quick refresher course on that uh, there in your notes matthew chapter twenty six Judas has betrayed Jesus now he 's got the Pharisees and he 's got some soldiers and they 're coming to arrest Jesus. He goes and gives the kiss of betrayal to Jesus. They already know who Jesus is there, and notice what it says, but when all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled, then all the disciples, it said, forsook him and fled. But then it says, but Peter followed him afar off, went to the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. There you see Peter by himself. All the other disciples have fled, but there's Peter by himself. As a result of that, a maid, a young lady recognizes who he is and Peter denies Jesus once. Then someone else comes and says something about Peter and says, hey, aren't you one of them? I mean, you're talking like a Galilean. Weren't you with Jesus? No, and he denies him a second time. And then somebody else comes and says, hey, I thought I'd seen you with, that, with Jesus in there. I, I thought i have seen you. Aren't you one of his disciples? And now Peter is cursing and denying him for the third time. You know, when Peter was with all his disciples and Jesus said, I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners, Peter said, hey, not me. I'll never forsake you. But what led to that? Isolation. Sure, when he's with the other 11, he's like, yeah, I'm there. In fact, before they even fled, Peter took out a sword there at the Garden of the and cut the high priest's servant's ear off. I I, I imagine that when he did that and Jesus said, listen, Peter, that's enough, and he's putting the the ear back on Malchus, the, the servant. Maybe Peter turns around and goes, oh, there's nobody here with me. I wonder if he's thinking like, James, John, we're, we're, we're in the world. Andrew, anybody? Now they're taking Jesus away and now he's following afar off, but he's by himself. He's in a position where he's really weak and vulnerable and suddenly he finds himself denying. And here's simply what I'm trying to say. Being alone, it's an unhealthy choice. God didn't create you and me to be alone. We need to have community. Not only is it an unhealthy choice, can I also say it's an unbiblical choice. And there are some people who say, well, you don't know what's happened to me. You don't know the experiences I've had with people and and, and pastors. So I've just decided I just won't have friends in my life anymore. That's not biblical. That's not good. Uh, Notice what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse number 9. Look at what the Bible says. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is all simply what Solomon is trying to say here in Ecclesiastes. Don't be by yourself. Have community. Have community. God did not create us to be alone. Be alone is a choice that you're making, and it's an unhealthy choice, and it's an unbiblical choice if that's what you're doing. So then, what do we say? Well, we'll say, number three, community is important. You see, when you and I are part of a community, uh, community we become stronger. That's why he says a three cold, uh, three-fold cord is not easily broken. There's strength when we're part of a community. That's, that's part of the purpose of the church. This is why we, we exist, is it's to help one another and edify one another and encourage one another. Because when you're part of a church, uh, you're part of a community. You're part of someone that's going to help you strengthen you, edify you, exhort you. I want you to notice, no, notice that Hebrews chapter 10, I, I don't think I put that in your notes, but if you have your Bible, uh, go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. Notice what the author of Hebrews says here. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25. It says, not, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. In other words, there are some people who say, I don't want to get together with people. I don't want a community in my life. And the other says, don't do that. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But he says, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And that, in that passage, if you read a few verses before, he's talking about holding the faith, being strong in our faith. And he said, if you're going to hold the faith, if you're going to be strong in your faith, you need to have a community behind you. That community is a church. Now that, that's what's going to build you and help you and strengthen you and exhort you. You see, community is important because it lifts you up. It lifts you up. Uh, the Greek word here for exhort is uh, perikaleo, and it, it really means to call to one side. It's like when you fall down and you say, hey, I need your help to get up. And you're calling someone to your side to help you up. That's what community does. It lifts you up. That's why this church, Bethany Baptist Church, needs to be a church of community. Not just one that's reaching the community outside. We need to be a community in here as well. There's people in our church that are hurting today. They need someone to reach out and exhort them and encourage them. There's someone in in our church today that just needs a word of of love towards them, a nice text to say, hey, I'm praying for you, I'm thinking about you. Because community is important. It lifts you up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, here's what Paul says. It says, wherefore, comfort, that's the same word there, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. A community lifts you up, Paul says, so that you can come. Because it's really easy to come and sit in these benches and these pews here. They're not even pews. In these chairs, right? It's easy to come and, and kind of put on a smile. Hey, God bless you, brother. Good to see you. Glad you're here. And I say that often. I've said that to probably everyone in this room. I've said that at least once. But that doesn't form community. got to go deeper than that. It's got to be more than that takes time and it takes And throughout this series we're going to talk about how we build that community all I'm trying to say is community is important this morning because it'll lift you up but not only will it lift you up when you fall but it's important because it keeps you right part of the, the church the community of the church is to help us to stay right with God okay. community here at church is not to judge everybody else Not to compare my spiritual life and say, oh, look at that. Larry's not wearing a tie today. I thought he was a better Christian than that. Right? It's not what the community here is for. But you know what? If you're not careful, that's what it becomes. If we don't have a mindset of the fact that we're a community here to lift one another and to love one another, that's what it turns into. Oh, I noticed that Michael doesn't have a Bible today. Hmm. hmm. Oh, he's reading it on his phone. Ugh. And suddenly, that thing that God said, hey, I, I, it's not good for you to be alone. That thing that God gave us, the mystery of the gift of the church, suddenly, instead of being encouraging and loving to one another, it's destroying one another and dividing one another. And we become unhealthy. And we become unbiblical. And God says, that's, that's not what this is about. You need community because it'll, it'll lift you up. You need the community of the church because it'll keep you on the right path. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't lovingly bring something to someone's attention that might need, right? You might say, hey, it'd be a good idea for you to love, to love and forgive your brother, Or your sister, it'd be good to repair that relationship. It'd be good if you can overcome and ask God to help you overcome some bad attitude in your life. Now You can do that, but you can do it in love. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, speaking the truth in love. Community does that. It lifts one up when we're down and it keeps you on that right path. I love what Jude said in Jude chapter 1, verse 20 to verse 23. It's in your notes. He says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. He's just simply saying this. Man, stay together. Community is important. Can I say, if this if this church is going to make any kind of impact, if it's going to be any type of life-changing for you, then you're going to have to be part of a community here. Don't make coming to church something that I do, and then I'm leaving. As soon as he says amen, I'm heading for the car and getting out of here. Now, you can do that, but church will never become a community for you when you do that. So my prayer is that, hey, after the message, that we'd spend a little bit of time getting to know, hey, how you doing? How's your week going? How was your last week? How did it end? What are you looking forward to most in this week? I'm just simply saying that there's got to be something to this because we're not created to be alone. If we're alone, it's because we've made that choice and it's not a good choice. Community is here and it's important because it lifts us up. And it keeps us right. So I want to encourage you this morning. Let's let's build your community. There's somebody that wants to be your friend in here. Let's be friendly. There's someone that can be an encouragement to you. Let's encourage one another. I, I was sharing with, with a family I was visiting recently and they were sharing about the place they used to go to worship. And they said, You know something that has been so distinguishing to us here at Bethany Baptist Church. They told me is that it's so friendly. He said, Pastor, when I wasn't feeling what you texted me, I never got that. They said in over thirty years Of going to the Catholic Church, not one text from the priest. Just to say, thinking about you. Not one. That's why Bethany Baptist Church needs to be a church of community. It's important, it's what we need, it's what the Bible commands and teaches us. So I want to encourage you today, and we're done. Build your community. He said, well, how can I do that? There's a coffee shop right in the lobby. Just stand there and drink coffee. I promise you somebody will come talk to you. I promise you. But let's build our community. That's what I said. Listen, we is greater than me, okay? We're stronger together. We're better together. And by the way, we are created to be together. The mystery of the church was given to us And he uses that relationship from Genesis chapter 2, he uses it again in Ephesians chapter 5, God does, to remind us community is so important. So let's be a community this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your many blessings. Thank you for your word and for your truth. Father, I know it wasn't perhaps the deepest of messages, but Father, I think it rings true how important we need to be in loving one another and edifying one another. How important it is to be a community this morning here at Bethany Baptist Church. And Father, I really don't know who needed this message more than anyone else, but I can say I needed it. Just being reminded, Father, that in life we're not meant to just here live it through alone, be here living alone. But Father, you've you've given us a way in which we can truly enjoy the happiness in the company of others. And so, Father, as we think about how important community is, I pray that we would, first of all, make a decision this morning that we would be the right kind of companion for others, the right kind of friend. But then, Father, I also pray and ask that if we're not building our community here, in this place, in your house, with your people, Oh, Father, I pray that we make a decision today to say, there's no way I'm leaving without building that community. And so, Father, I pray that um, you speak to our hearts, that we make decisions today, that in this week we would not just talk about community, but live like community. And that, Father, we would honor you and glorify you through doing this. In fact, One of your last words to your disciples was, this is how others will know that we're your disciples if we love one another, if we just live like community. Help us to do that this week, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen.